I love all things skin and rejuvenation. I love to help the client figure out what to do at home and also what to do in clinic. I also love to teach the fellow aesthetic doctor, aesthetic nurse, and med spa owner how to do what I do as well. If you are an aesthetic practitioner, clinic owner, head on over to buildingyourbeautybrand.com where I have a free training, register for it, and you can also hop on a call with myself and a colleague and we can help support you in your quest to supporting others achieve and receive powerful rejuvenation outcomes. Again, if you are an aesthetic practitioner or med spa owner, head on over to buildingyourbeautybrand.com and I look forward to guiding you in helping you achieve and receive powerful rejuvenation outcomes for your patients in your clinic. Enjoy today's episode right here on the School of Radiance podcast. Welcome back to the fourth episode in this four-part series with Dr. Betsy Greenleaf, who is the first female board-certified ever urogynecologist in the States. No big deal. But she also has done a lot of work with CBD. And so, Dr. Betsy Greenleaf, I would love for you to share with us the impacts of CBD on our bodies. So it's interesting. I ended up getting into learning more about CBD probably about two years ago, one of my passions is helping people with pelvic pain. And I was always looking for different ways to deal with pelvic pain and and inflammation. And as a physician, what I've learned over the years is that like narcotics actually worsen pain. And you see in the United States here, we have such an epidemic with people on narcotics. And, you know, they even termed it the opioid epidemic. But what is so hard to get people to understand is that those medicines are actually worsening their condition because they know on a cellular level that being on chronic narcotics actually causes inflammation of your glial cells. And your glial cells are a type of nerve cell. So you're actually inflaming your nerve cells and actually aggravating the pain, which requires you to take more and more of the medicine. So in the long run, you're actually worsening it. I never really liked having people on narcotics and really for years tried to do everything not to use those kind of medicines in people. So through my work with pelvic pain, I came across CBD in New Jersey. Marijuana has been legal medically for the past eight years, and I've been able to write for it in the United in in New Jersey for those reasons. But never was quite comfortable because I grew up in the '80s, where all I saw on TV was the commercials with a cracked egg, like "Here's your brain, here's your brain on drugs." So, in in, in medical school, we're not really given a lot of information about drugs or illegal drugs and and marijuana. And you're seeing such a change in the way things are nowadays. So even though I've been able to write for it for the last eight years, I didn't start writing it for patients until the last year. But I was looking for an alternative to the medical marijuana, and I started becoming more familiar with CBD. So CBD, let's, let's go through what CBD is. It's, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the the chemical name of it because it's, I'm not very good with some of the pronunciations, but CBD is a 
chemical that is a derivative of hemp or marijuana. And now here's the interesting thing. Hemp and marijuana plants are the same thing. A lot of people think hemp is a different species, but they're actually the same plant. And that there's not a different species, not a different genus, you know, if you're getting into your your scientific classifications, they're the exact same plant. The classification of hemp versus marijuana is actually a cultural classification where hemp plants are considered plants that have less than uh, 0.3% THC. And THC is the psychoactive chemical in the marijuana plant that makes people feel high. So hemp plants have less than 0.3% THC. Anything over that is classified as marijuana. We get into that. So then actually looking at the history, the history of this is fascinating. CBD was discovered in 1940. And it's not anything that's becoming popular now until now. Um, in 1964, THC was discovered. So, And then this whole science behind it has become even more amazing because I think with the, the drug laws and people not being able to do scientific studies on marijuana or CBD, we've had a lot of a lack of knowledge. And it wasn't until the 1990s that this system in our body was discovered called the endocannabinoid system. And what scientists realize is if people are responding, so I got to go a little bit into THC and marijuana before I get to CBD. So if people are responding to marijuana and have you know, reactions to inhaling or ingesting the plant, there must be a receptor in the body that it's triggering. So it wasn't actually until 1988 was the first time they actually discovered the first receptor in a rat that correlated to a response in THC. So then it was in the 1990s, they did further research and they discovered that we have a system in our body called the endocannabinoid system that our body can actually make our own natural chemicals that are very similar to THC and CBD. So going back to marijuana, there's like over 300, 400 chemical constituents of the plant. 80 of which fall into the like CBD type categories. They're your endocannabinoids that, that, that they know of right now. There may be more. They're just they're discovering them all the time. And then, like we said, you have your THC that's psychoactive. Um, so CBD is one of those compounds that's in the plant. And what they have found is that it has a lot of different effects on the body. Um, it's anti-inflammatory. It can be anti-tumor. It can help to, and, and we can't officially say it can treat a lot of diseases because they're just, the science right now is just, it's in its infancy. They're really doing a lot with it. Finding that the, this system in our body even exists and that the system is responsible for, this endocannabinoid system is responsible for pain control and tumor regulation and even our immune system. So I think what you're going to end up seeing in the future is as they're doing more and more research on these components of the marijuana plant, you're going to start seeing more of the these extracts being used for different conditions. So I'm not, I'm not even sure if we're even going to 
in the future even necessarily have the plant itself as whole plant to consume. It may be like you take your CBD for this or your CB cannabidiol and then there's there's so that's your CBD and then there's CBN and there's CBC and CBL. They're all different components and they're all like just figuring out what each one of these things do in the body. And they're even coming out with some science on trying to figure out how to stimulate our own um, endocannabinoid system so our bodies so we can control our bodies making these things instead of having to ingest them. So it's it's pretty. The whole science behind it is very fascinating. So CBD, some people think that CBD derived from a hemp plant is not as good as CBD derived from a marijuana plant. And really, it doesn't make a difference. CBD, CBD, whether it's derived from a plant that had high THC or low THC. A lot of it's marketing uh, when you see it and I guess it gets very confusing out there because this is such a growing and hot issue and there's so many companies that are coming up and popping up all over with these products because it is becoming very popular that I tell people just when you're looking at the companies that you're buying from, especially in the United States, there's no regulation. The FDA does not regulate any of these things. In fact, actually, the FDA um, doesn't has not approved the use of CBD to be ingested or used in a supplement form. Um, but it is, you know, it's being sold and it's being used, but they don't, our, our federal drug administration is not approving it at all um, until they do further research. So because there's no regulation on it, you need to really look into the companies that you're getting these products from and make sure that they're, they have published third-party Results. They'll have what they'll do is they'll test their batches and they can publish the results of their batch of how pure it is or how much CBD is in it. And you want to see is it is it a CBD oil that has other additives in it. So these are all kind of things that you have to look at and make sure it's like from a reputable company that will publish this data on their websites. And a lot of them will do that. So you work with CBD oil. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. So this, I think the CBD oil is probably the best way to start if anybody's going to try to take any of this because there's tech capsules and tablets and CBD and edibles and they're putting it in all different food sources. Um, if somebody's ingesting it, I think taking the oils or the tinctures are probably the easiest way to go because once again – more is not better when it comes to CBD. They're actually finding that the lowest doses have probably the best results. And so using an oil, whether a lot of times they come with oil with a little dropper and putting it under the tongue is absorbed a little bit better than if you're taking a capsule is absorbed within like 15 to 20 minutes as opposed to a capsule. It takes a little bit longer to, to uh, break down. And a lot of the capsules that I've seen on the market probably have a little bit more than you actually need. So really starting with the, the lowest dose and um, the least frequency. And some people will see results right away when they take it. But for the most, you have to be on it for a while before you see any, any kind of improvement. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, I tried CBD once. It didn't work for me. What, to well, what are you it, referring to in regards to improvement? Can you be more specific? You know, 
So, you know, it depends on what they're taking for. I, for what I see, people taking it for pain. Um, I've had patients that take it for arthritis pain. I've had many patients take it for pelvic pain. I've also seen people take it for anxiety. There's there's a lot of different um, indications for it. And, and officially, well, officially I can't say indications because it hasn't really been fully studied. But there's theoretic you know, anti-inflammatory properties to it. So there's the idea of just general health in in decreasing your inflammation in your body. So it's I think it's easier to take something if you have symptoms or if you're because you want to be healthier, you might not notice any difference. You know, I would have people start at the low. And that's the other thing with the dosing of it. There's no standardized dosing. It's not like, oh, you have this condition, so you need to take one full dropper of it. There's a lot of information that's kind of coming out so i for example someone has pain i say you start with the lowest concentration that you can buy like menstrual cramps oh you know what in fact actually there is a lot of research going on with the use in menstrual cramps i have a doctor that um is a town a couple towns away from me i've spoke with him a couple times about he's actually in the process of doing a study on using CBD for menstrual cramps, and they're seeing really good improvement with that. But the idea is um, that Move you over take, Tylenol, hey? Yeah, you take very <laughs> just you start off with the lowest dose that you can. Get. Most of the concentrations I see on the market are about 250 milligrams. It's they usually do the milligram based on the bottle, so it's like 250 milligrams in that whole bottle. And I tell people start you just you can start with just a couple drops under the tongue, like five to ten drops. Uh, like under the tongue and just once a day for I would do that for a couple weeks and see if you have any kind of improvement um they are doing some studies with menstrual cramps and just starting it before you're expecting your period and just taking it through the period period but to get the optimal results it should be something that's taken like every day and you start with once a day and then after like two three I mean ideally if you were on it for six to 12 weeks before changing the dose would be ideal, but I don't think a lot of people wait that long. So I would say, all right, we'll get at least three, three weeks in, and then you can go up to either trying it twice a day or even increasing the number of drops or even trying to do a whole dropper. Um, some people don't like the taste. So some of the brands actually will put a food additive in them like to give it a yeah, give it a better flavor. You, know, you can find them in like mint flavored or lemon flavored. The the plain CBD has a very organic plant kind of flavor to it. I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's very like green grassy type of flavor to it. So, or you can even like take those. You can get plain gelatin capsules and put them in the capsule where so you're controlling the dose that you're taking so you put your little drops in your capsule take your capsule and you, most people can you can get those plain gelatin capsules online or at a health food store fantastic so you work with cbd in one of your many businesses yes i do i found that when working with patients and especially once i started writing for medical marijuana that there's so much information out there and trying to know what the right products to use and how to use them was very confusing. And 
even going online, there weren't a lot of great websites that were out there. So I just started my own um, in February called Greenleaf Gear, and it's uh, gleafgear.com. And I try to post information about CBD, and I have a couple of different products on there. So it was, it's, it was very interesting to be studying that as opposed to studying medicine, but it's been very eye-opening. And, and I'm just amazed by all the health benefits that these products have. And to think that, you know, we've been sitting on this plant that could have been helping so many people and not letting it be studied um, and not letting it be developed and for all these years, you know, and you think about all the people it could have helped and you know, at least now we're kind of coming to our senses. Mm-hmm. So while we're on the topic of plant medicine, have you heard of forest bathing? Oh, what was that? Forest bathing. I do not. I've not heard of that. Okay. I'll break it down for you. In Japan, there was a government wide initiative where they studied participants to spend a certain amount of time walking in the forest. And what they noticed with these individuals that spent a certain period of time, you know, a few times a week, was a decrease in their blood pressure and their increased immunity and increased immune response in a positive way. So my thoughts are when you get out in nature, our plants are creating these phyto compounds that are kind of like released into the air and, you know, it's reducing your stress and your anxiety. And as we know from this one study, a decrease in, in blood pressure and increased immune response in a positive way, immunity, uh, ability to fight pathogens is what I'm getting at. So I wonder if at some point someone's going to try and bottle that up. That would be really interesting. I could I could see that. I, I think there's so much stuff around us in nature that we just haven't tapped into yet. And even with the body, the body wants to heal. The body wants to be at its center, wants to be in homeostasis. And it's just and and I think you know, we're gonna sound all metaphysical, but I think like the universe kinda wants to be balanced too. I think everything well, that's kinda a wants basic physical law. For every yeah. reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah, I, I agree. So I think, you know, we're just finding out so much about the world around us and, and, and also our inner selves. So it's, I think we're at a very exciting times when it comes to health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And having people like my mother who were very anti-acupuncture because they thought it was some mystical voodoo. <laughs> you know, I have to unfortunately say, I think, and I apologize if I insult any of the baby boomers right now, but I think it has it's generational mm-hmm. because I see my in-laws and my parents, they want a pill. They want to just pop a pill for everything. And it, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this <laughs> podcast, but my mom drives me crazy sometimes because I tell her all these things she's going to be doing for her body, yet right now she's on chronic steroids for a joint problem. And I'm like, mom, this, those steroids are doing horrible things to your body. You're basically wearing down your body from the inside by being on chronic steroids. It's the worst thing you could possibly do. I'm like, try the CBD, try this, try that. You know, there's this whole new area of what's called nutrigenomics where it's using, um, supplements are not the right word, but using 
herbs and plants to stimulate your own body to heal itself. Mm-hmm. Nutraceuticals, and, I think is the word yeah, you're looking for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, both, both, yeah, nutraceutical, nutrigenomics. It's, it's absolutely, you know, some of this stuff is absolutely amazing. And, and also dealing with older patients, I find, you know, I have a great procedure in my office, which is, which is an acupuncture type procedure where we put a little needle in someone's ankle attached to an electrical stimulator. It's FDA cleared. They come in once a week for 12 weeks and we can like basically reverse people's urge incontinence. So that urge to have to run to the bathroom all the time or not be able to hold it in. We can do it with this acupuncture like treatment. Yet I find my patients come in and the older ones, and this is a generalization once again, and they just want a pill. And I'm like, why do you want a pill that's going through your liver and doing has all these other side effects and doing all these bad other bad things when we have other ways we could do it with like stimulating your own body. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there are some generational differences. So, yeah, because I hear about CBD all the time. I've actually never tried it, but I'm hearing about it on so many different platforms and that, you know, I have lots of clients coming to me and they're saying that it's really helping them in many different ways. And one of my girlfriends who's been on opioids for years, unfortunately, for trigeminal neuralgia, just terrible, debilitating migraines. Yes. I think CBD would be could be helpful for someone like her. I've had one of my patients who was on for horrible arthritis on chronic narcotics and she herself put her, put herself on CBD and came into my office and was like, I'm done with the narcotics. I, I, on CBD. I'm like, what? How do you do that? Now, I wouldn't advise just going cold turkey off narcotics to anybody, especially if you're on chronically and you should do that with the guidance of a physician because sometimes you get really sick and have other problems with that but I've seen it happen um the I think what actually got me to start writing for medical marijuana was I had this woman who's 90 now but she had been a patient of mine for probably 15 years and always like horrible debilitating arthritis coming in walking with a walker because she she was in so much pain with her joints. Her joints were so deformed from arthritis. And one day she walked in completely upright, no walker, like nothing ever happened. She was walking completely normal. And I was like, what did you do? And she said, I'm taking medical marijuana. I'm like, what? She had her nephew. Baby. I was going to say she probably had some some young family member. She had her never college-based nephew bake it into butter that it made it in butter baked it into cookies she said she would eat a quarter of a cookie every night before she went to bed and she was not having arthritis pain anymore and i just looked at her and i was like all right you convinced me i'm looking into this a lot more and i'm gonna start using this as a modality for some of my chronic pelvic pain patients that are not responding to anything else and it's i was just amazed i was like that is crazy it's fantastic i mean the bottom line is is there research to back up the safety and the efficacy of it? Has it been researched long term to determine, you know, potential side effects and you know safety and regulations around it? I think it'll be really fascinating to see where the whole industry goes because it's just exploding up here in Canada. All of the yeah. companies that are starting up and it's decriminalized here on the West Coast. And even before that, there were dispensaries opening up everywhere, but, you know, they're not really functioning as proper businesses. 
it'll be interesting to see how how that evolves. Yeah, it's it, and I just love the fact that they're doing so much research on it now. And I mean, a lot of the research it was it was hard because I just did a presentation for the American Physical Therapy Association on this, and it was tough to give them absolutes, you know, absolute dosages and absolutes like this hundred percent helps this condition because the research out there now is all over the place, and a lot of the research is on mice and rats because they can produce quickly you know so it's going to be interesting how that research translates into humans but you know i start looking back at some of the rock and rollers from the 60s and i remember thinking back like oh god look, look at these people they did smoked all this marijuana but hey you know they're still kicking and still running around and they're you know these people are in their 70s and 80s and i'm like god they're they're doing really well maybe that was their secret maybe Maybe they got all the health benefits of smoking that marijuana. Well, back it probably in the 60s. wouldn't have been from. Well, the smoking is terrible because it combusts it. Yeah, which is you what know, makes you cough. That's actually what they're finding out when it comes to actual um, ingesting marijuana. Is that you get more health benefits if you heat it to a certain temperature. Um, and that's why vaporizing is becoming, and vaporizing, when I say vaporizing, is vaporizing the whole leaf, not the vapor oils, because there's a lot of uh, controversy with that, and that's being looked into now. But the actual, there are devices where you can vaporize the, the dried plant, and they find that heating it to a certain controlled temperature will not only release the THC, which in certain conditions can help, but it will also release all those other anti-inflammatory factors, all the cannabis cannabidioids and cannabidiols um so when you actually ignite the plant and you, you, you smoke it uh you're burning off all those cannabidioids and cannabidiols so you're not getting those health benefits and all you're getting is um is the the thc yeah there's not as many health benefits there's more negatives to actually igniting and inhaling the plant than heating it at a controlled temperature Hmm. Maybe I'll see my mom getting in on <laughs> CBD oil <laughs> for her menopausal symptoms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll be interesting. It'll be fascinating to see where that goes to. Well, thank you so much for shedding light on that topic of CBD for health and wellness and pain and where that fits into your specialty of urogynecology. I've actually never heard it explained in that way. So that was very, uh, very well presented. I can tell you've presented on this to <laughs> such organizations such as the, what was that? American, the American Physical Therapy Association. Yeah, no big deal. So, yeah. it, I mean, you do this a lot. So it's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. All right, everybody, be sure to listen to all four of these episodes with the lovely Dr. Betsy Greenleaf. And there's also a bonus one at the end where we talk about CBD and skincare. Okay, so in the first episode, we're going to ask Dr. Betsy Greenleaf what it was like to become the first board certified female urogynecologist in the US. Yes, the first board certified female. It's a big deal. In the second episode, we are both going to share how we stay balanced as busy professionals and the importance of holistic health to promote optimal beauty. In the third episode, Dr. Betsy Greenleaf and I are going to explain the differences between a gynecologist and a urogynecologist and also some tidbits of information about 
female rejuvenation. In the fourth episode, Dr. Betsy Greenleaf and I are going to discuss the impacts of CBD on our bodies, where she is going to explain to us in a really in-depth way how CBD actually works and some of the latest research that is coming forth in regards to its use with anti-tumor, anti-inflammatory, and also as a pain reliever. And in the bonus episode, we are going to have a little bit of an off-the-cuff discussion on CBD in skincare and how, uh, you know, it's a bit of a fad and you are going to get our two cents on that as to health professionals and how we would suggest you go about looking at CBD in skincare and what to avoid, what to look for. And where can people find some of your products? If you go to drbetsygreenleaf.com, it'll have a list of all my other websites that you can go to. Um, you and can that's, find your, them. that's your real last name. Yes, my last name is Greenleaf. So that's why I kind of felt a little bit obliged to start my greenleafgear.com. So, <laughs> I was like, I had to take care. Of, I had to take advantage of the last name. So. Oh, that was very uh, uh, forward thinking of you. Well, thanks so yeah. much for sharing. And we'll chat soon. We're gonna, going to actually get a chance to meet in San Diego in I know, a few weeks. Wait. It's going to be it's, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> At Mindshare Summit, which is uh, a top international health entrepreneur gathering. I yeah, can't wait to gonna... connect with another group of amazing souls. I mean, you're you're wonderful. I could tell right away when we first started chatting that you're just a wealth of knowledge and just wanting to help people. So, thanks so much for doing the work that you do. All right, thank you so much. Mm-hmm.